0: What's going on guys? Welcome to the uh, third episode of Tennis Talk. Um, sorry about the technical difficulties for the live stream if you're watching on the live stream. I don't know what happened there. Uh, anyway, so we're, we're here now. We've got a lot of things to cover. Uh, we've got a review of Paris to go through. We'll go through all the results and everything for that. We'll go through what's coming up next week, which is the next gen finals. Uh, there's not too much to cover in that, uh, as it's a round-robin tournament, so we can't really. Uh, I can make predictions, but we it's kind of going to be a little bit tough to do a, um, a breakdown of results and how who I think is going to be beating who, but we'll we'll try. Uh, and then we've got London the week after that, so only a couple more tournaments for the year, and then we'll start again at the end of uh, I think the end of December's when. First week of the next season starts, so this will be the second last episode or third last episode, second last episode for the year, and we've got a lot to cover in uh, for Paris because it was a big event. There was a lot of um, a lot of upsets, a lot of things on the line for all different kinds of players. A lot of there was a few injuries as well for some of the bigger players, so we'll go through all of that. and then yeah, we had a uh, an upset in the final as well, which is uh, interesting. But like I keep saying, at this time of the year, that's what kind of happens. So we'll go through all of that as we usually do. Um, yeah, but there's no, there's only one tournament next week that we can cover, which is Next Gen, and uh, we'll go. Th- I'll go through the format of that as well It's a little bit, a little bit different to what everyone usually. Um, not only is it round robin, but also the the format of how they They play out the sets, so we'll go through that as well. And, uh, yeah, we'll start with doing a review of Paris. All right, so review of Paris. Uh, We've got the odds here. This is from last week. Djokovic is at the top. He just disappeared, so he's not there. He was the clear favourite to win the whole tournament. Uh, Rafa didn't play, he pulled out with a, I think it was an abdominal injury which I'm not sure how severe it was because uh, we ha- I haven't really heard anything um, and whether he's going to play in London or not. So that'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, we had Del Potro out with his knee injury, he's confirmed that now he's out for the whole year um, which I thought would probably happen seeing that uh, the injury he got in Shanghai a three to six month injury, so I didn't think he was going to play um, a couple of weeks after he got the injury. So hopefully he comes back and he can play in, at the Australian Open, but we'll see how it goes. So he's not playing in London, which means that the ninth spot for the rankings, which ended up being Kenia uh, uh, was good enough to get in. And I'd been saying that all week. I thought if you can get uh, if you can get to ninth spot. I mean, Nadal being injured as well, there's an opportunity there to even for 10th spot to get in, so uh, that's what ended up happening. So we have the uh, the finalists for London, and potentially um, John Isner, who finished 10th, might go in there as well, but we'll go through all that in a second. Uh, yeah, so we had a um, few upsets as well. Um, the eventual winner was Karin Hashinov, who probably no one's ever heard of. Uh, I covered him a couple of weeks ago, um, I think I... <laughs> Uh, He won in I think he won in Moscow a couple weeks ago, Um, and then I think I covered him in either Vienna or Basel. Um, And he, I think he played Nishikori in that one of those matches, and uh, Nishikori wiped the floor with him. So let me just have a check. Uh, He played in, must have played in Vienna then. He played, yeah, he played Hash versus Nishikori in Vienna, and uh, Nishikori beat him pretty easily. So but he was on form as well he was on a, on a bit of a win streak so to be honest if you keep up to date with all this it's not a surprise that he that he did win everything it's probably more of a surprise that he who he beat on the way he beat John Isner which some would say okay well John Isner's not playing what well, hasn't been playing great lately uh, he beat Sasha Zverev he beat Dominic Team, and then he beat Djokovic uh, to win the whole thing so I mean that's a pretty impressive uh, impressive week uh, and then his first round opponent he um, he beat pretty easily too so I mean he is still ranked he's probably he probably just missed out on getting a seed for this tournament uh, Jack Sock was 18 in the world and took the last seed and I think Hashinov might be like 19 or 20 in the world so he did just miss out on, on getting a seed in this tournament which would have maybe made it a little bit less um been upset because he was a seeded player but being unseated winning the whole tournament uh, is it's a good achievement and the people he beat along the way I mean he didn't even just beat them he he beat everyone except for John Isner he beat everyone else in, in straight sets so i mean i don't know what happened with Isner i didn't see the that match but maybe because of the big serving maybe that's what why it was so close but he wiped the floor with everyone else um, even watching the highlights against Djokovic Uh, last night, he, um, Djokovic had his chances, he he was up like 3-1 in the first set, but um, Hashinov just too big, too strong, and uh, overpowered Djokovic, so, and Djokovic was on a 22 match win streak, so maybe there was a little bit of pressure on his, you know, on his shoulders, so maybe he, it might be a good thing that he lost this match going into London, so he doesn't have to have the pressure of undefeated for how many weeks or whatever, so. Might be a good thing for Djokovic. Uh, what else happened last week? So Nadal obviously didn't play. So we went through that. He had a abdominal injury, which means um, usually with those kind of injuries, it's it affects a lot of the shots because you're twisting and turning with your ground strokes and also on your serve, it's going to affect uh, when you stretch up and try and hit it. So it's not a it's not a good injury to have. It's not like a leg injury where you can kind of wrap it up. Uh, it's in a it's in a tough spot. So. Um, I don't know how severe it is, I don't even know how he got it, because he was looking good during the start of the week in practice, Um, but maybe he got it during that, I don't know, so we didn't get to see him, which was a shame, I really wanted to see him play this week, Uh, so hopefully we'll see him in London next week, Uh, and that was good for defending champion Jack Sock, because he got through to the quarterfinals, which I thought he wouldn't even get through the first round, so... Yeah, he, uh, he still didn't defend his title, which is a shame. It means he's still gonna be outside the top fifty, I think. But he did get to the quarterfinals, probably had a chance of getting to the semifinals against team. Um but then he would have probably got beat by Hashinov pretty easily. So that was um that was the top quarter of the draw. Zverev had a pretty simple run to the quarterfinals until he beat uh, got to Hashinov. Um Nishikori and Anderson had a rematch of last week's Vienna final and Nishikori beat Anderson this week, which I thought that would happen just because of what Nishikori had to play for. Um, I thought Nishikori could finish ninth. He's probably going to get to London with the um, injury clouds of, of the other guys, and he did. And He lost to Federer, though, because Federer, Federer just knows how to play against Nishikori because Nishikori doesn't have any weapons, so he's not going to come in and surprise Federer. Federer can just do whatever he wants. Uh, and then, then in the last quarter of the draw, Cipaz we didn't get to see play Djokovic, which I think would have been a good match. That would have been interesting. Uh, we did get to see uh, Dimitrov play Chilich, which I covered on this uh, channel. And that was uh, that was pretty routine for Chilich. I mean, Dimitrov played okay, but coming back from not playing much this year, he'll be he'll be better next year. Uh, Chilich versus Djokovic was interesting as well. Um, some were saying that Chilich. Could have beaten him. I think Wojcic well, on the first set, but um, Djokovic handled him from there. And then we had the epic match, probably the match of the week. Federer versus Djokovic. Um, 47th time they've played against each other. I covered it on the channel. Um, went for like three and a half hours. Uh, seven, six in the third. So it was like, it was as long of a match as you can have. Great quality tennis, everything like that. Djokovic had so many chances as well. So it was kind of good. To see Federer capitalise on his couple of chances to make it a long match. Um, Yeah, Djokovic obviously got through there, got to the final, but that was a good match to watch. Um, And then, yeah, Hashinov winning in the end. I think it was 7-5, 6-4. So um, good on him. He's he's a young player. I had to do a little bit of research uh, before this to see what what he'd done this year. Uh, He played in Milan in the Next Gen tournament last year he won one match, so he didn't play too well. But um, he's 22 years old, so ineligible to play this year in Milan. Uh, but I mean, if you're going to win in Paris at the end of the year, why? It's a good way to finish the year. Uh, he'll be a player to watch coming into the Australian Open as well. So we'll see what happens there. Um, he'll be seated there because he's in the top 20, so it would be good to watch uh, watch him. He has a weird forehand. It's kind of like um, what Ernest uh, Gulbus has, where he really winds up nice and early and takes the record way back. So it's kind of an interesting forehand, but he's tall. He hits the ball hard. So he, he kind of like a Del Potro type of look to him with his big shots and the big serve. So guys like that seem to seem to trouble guys like Djokovic and Nadal. So hopefully we can get more of those players along so then we can get some more... Uh, some more upsets and some more uh, young players coming through that are big hitters. So it'll be interesting. Um, I think that's probably it. Uh, we'll go through we'll go through the run uh, rankings for London. This is what ended up happening. Uh, as you can see there, uh, Potro withdraws with a knee injury. Uh, he was he was qualified for the whole week, but I mean, no one was talking about whether he was going to play or not. It didn't look like he was ever going to play. Until uh, they just announced it then, and then uh, Djokovic finishing on top. Um, oh, he, he was—he was trying to win a 33rd Masters 1000, which would have equaled the record of—I'm mm. going to guess either Nadal or Federer. I think it was probably Nadal's record. Um, Nadal didn't play; he withdrew. Uh, Federer lost semi-finals. Um, Zverev lost to Hashinov which is not a bad loss because he ended up winning. Um Anderson lost to Nishikori, Chilich lost to Djokovic, and Team lost to Hashinov. So no real like upsets besides Hashinov, but then when you look in hindsight, Hashinov won the whole tournament. So losing to him wasn't a big upset for any of those top guys. Um as you can see there, Hashinov made it into the top uh made it to number twelve uh in the world in the end. So I mean it wasn't too much of an upset there. And then, obviously, you can see at the top of the second row, number nine, Nishikori, he made the cut, just made the cut. Uh, he wouldn't have, yeah, he, he wasn't really close. He, I think he had to win the title to be anywhere near Dominic Thiem, uh, which would have been a pretty good effort if he could have beaten Federer Djokovic on the way, but he, I don't think that was going to happen. Uh, but it's good to see Nishikori in the in that field now because I think Nishikori can push guys like Zverev and Chilich. Um, I don't think he can beat the top three, but he can definitely do well against the the lower ranked players in the top eight. So uh, it's good to have him there. Whereas an uh, injured Del Potro would have just been not as fun to watch. And then John Isner, unfortunately, just missed out. Um, he lost to Hashinov, so not a bad loss, but um, had an opportunity there to maybe uh, leapfrog the and uh, and get there. But then there's still there's still hope. I mean, there's always. Seems like the end of your finals. There's always one or two players that pull out after the first match, um, so maybe you know. Let's hope not. But if Nadal comes in, plays his first match, doesn't uh, doesn't play well, and also hurts himself more, then maybe John Isner comes in as an alternate and takes his spot for a couple of matches or whatever. But uh, we'll see what happens. Hopefully that doesn't happen because um, you want to see the the best players in the world playing each other. You don't want to see them injured, so. Uh, and then all the other players there. Sitsipas is playing. He's the number one in Milan, so that's interesting uh, how he had a really good year this year, finishing the top 15 of um, of the uh, race to London. So, I mean, he's obviously easily the number one and the favourite for uh, for Milan. So that was good for him. Edmund didn't play this week. Ognini lost the Federer. And then Ashtonov won. And Medvedev fell in second round, so they weren't really playing for anything. It was really just those uh, Isner and Ishikori were the only two that could actually uh, get through to London. So yeah, so that's what happened this week in Paris. Um, if you want to go see any of the live streams that I did, make sure you go uh, go to my channel, check it out. Um, I've got like uh, timestamps in the description, so you can just go to the important points in the match you don't have to watch the whole thing if you don't want um, but yeah and like I said I won't be doing any live streams this week of Milan um, but I will be doing live streams of London so make sure that you uh, subscribe to the channel so you can keep up to date with all the live streams that come out uh, during the London finals I'm still unsure of how I'm going to do the live streams if I do them for uh, per day so I do three a day or if I do um, just certain matches um, because you know Federer and Nadal might play in the round-robin stage, stuff like that. So I'll let you guys know uh, as the week progresses. Now, um, what are we going to do now? I think uh, what we'll do is, I said that Djokovic was going to win. Let's go through my predictions for last week and then we'll, I can do my, I'm not going to probably predict this week because it's a little bit tricky. My prediction last week was Djokovic to win, so unfortunately it didn't work. Um, Nadal didn't play, so that kind of ruined my whole setup of what I was going to do. Um, but, yeah. I got a few of the quarterfinals right. But it was a tricky week. It's always tricky towards the end of the season. Players get injured. Upsets happen. People stop playing for... Because um, it's not really playing for anything. So, they're only playing for a title. Some Most of these players. so And upsets happen, like I said. So... Um, Alright, let's go to on now, let's change the screen. Alright, so now let's have a look at what's coming up next week. So I think there's a couple of challenges on, I'm not, I'm not too sure about um, Who's playing and stuff, but um, yeah, we have the top eight under twenty-one players playing each other in a round robin tournament. It's sort of like the London finals. It's the same setup, except for the way they score. Um, and I think there's a couple other things like there's automatic line calling and stuff like that, um, or automatic Hawkeye or something, whatever it's called. Um, so there's a they, they'd like to put in like different. Um, they like to try a lot of stuff with on this tournament. Uh, they played it last year, for the first time, and uh, Chung won that tournament, and then he went on to play really well, the Australian Open, beating Djokovic, getting to the semifinals. So um, it's definitely... A, I really like... I don't like the format of the tournament. Uh, the scoring kind of doesn't make sense to me uh, why you would do the scoring that way. Uh, but it, I like the fact they do this because... Uh, it's good to know who's coming up. Like you would never know who um, most of these players were because they're outside. Most of them are outside the top fifty. Um, but then, like if you see Sizapass win a tournament, you know that oh, okay, well he is the best young player coming up. So it's not a shock that he's you know, beating guys like uh, I think he beat Djokovic in Canada and stuff like that. You go well, he is you know the best um, the best under twenty one player. So it kind of gives you an idea of who. To look out for uh, going forward, and then also if these guys play in grand slams against a top player in the first round and they win, you're not like you're not going to be up. It's, not, it's an upset, but it's not a shock because you, if you're educated, you can uh, you can check out that okay. Well, this guy was always going to be an up and coming player, so I do like that. It makes my job a lot easier. It means I can I know who who to look out for and who to watch. So as you can see there, we got. Uh, who- but Sitsipas, easy favorite. I'd say that he's won a tournament this year, so uh, playing well. Had some pretty big, uh, big wins as well this year. Like I said, against Djokovic, guys like that. Uh, Alex Dimana, I think he started the year at like two hundred and something. So he's had a big year. I think he's got into a couple of finals. Uh, he had a big, um, he had a big match against Chilich at the US Open as well. So had some good results. Francis TFO, He's played well against some good top 10 players as well. I think he pushed Nishikori a couple of weeks ago. Also, I think he was he had a couple of chances against Varev last week. Uh, Rublev, I haven't really watched any of his matches, so I'm not 100% sure what he uh, what he brings. Uh, Fritz, I watched him play. I think he got to like a quarterfinal of uh, Basel. Um, so he's got some form coming in and the other two guys I've never heard of to be honest. So, not 100% sure. There's also another uh, Shapovalov was supposed to play this tournament, but he pulled out with exhaustion, Uh, so I'm just assuming he's too tired, so Unfortunately, he's not playing. That would have been good to see him play Um, Probably would have made it a good top Four players um, because he would have slotted in there between Diminar and Tiofo, I think So that would have been interesting. Unfortunately, he's not playing Um, uh, Yeah, so we'll go through all of the um, We'll go through the past champions obviously only one year of uh, data for this one. Chung won last year and went on to have a good run at the Australian Open. Uh, as you can see, there's a Pass. Uh, there's only one player that's come back, which is Rublev, who got to the final last year. So Rublev has a 3-2 record. So he must have lost a match in the round-robin stage as well. So interesting to see all the other players at their first time playing here. Um, I'm not sure what the field. I know Hashinov played in the field last year. Chung obviously played, I think um, Shapovalov played as well, so uh, relatively new field, but then also some good up-and-coming players will get to play each other, so hopefully these are some of the guys that are going to be playing for years to come, and maybe even be the, you know, have rivalries like Djokovic and Federer and stuff like that, so this could be interesting to see. All right, let's have a look at the first group. Okay, so... Tsitsipas is number one in this group, obviously. Finished uh, number 16 in the world. Um, he won a title, his first title a couple of weeks ago as well. Um, obviously had some big wins during the year as well. So no surprise there that he qualified first. Technically, Sasha Zverev qualified first. But because he, um, he qualified for London, he's not going to play this, obviously. So he's just going to play in London. Um, but uh, yeah, Pass was number two, but he's number one in this. So he is playing against Moonair, I think that's how you say it, who is number 76 in the world. Not sure, uh, they've never played before, so there's no record to go off there. Uh, TFO, who is number 40 in the world, is the uh, second highest ranked player in this group. Uh, again, never played against. Um, pass or even against Munair, Muna. so like, none of those guys have played, the only match that we've had um, in this group is um, Perkats, versus TFO, they've played once before TFO won that match, so that's the only bit of head-to-head record we've got um, out of all these guys, so um, all these guys will be playing each other for the first time most of them, so, and TFO TFO pass will be interesting to see, because like I said, both players um, have had good results. Um, well, Sitsapas has had wins over top 10 players. CFOs had strong showings against some of the play- those players. So good to see those guys play. The way it works is the top two players from each group go to the semifinals. So the winner of this one will play the runner-up of the next group and then vice versa and then they play each other, and then whoever wins goes to the final. So that's how that works. I think London works exactly the same. Uh, the only difference is they play four, uh, four game sets. And They play five of them. So it's kind of like best of five sets, except it's a tie-break at three all. It's like mini sets. Uh, it's called Fast Four. Personally, I don't like it very much. I don't think it really helps. It doesn't help these guys that much, they get to understand what a five-set match is, but they don't, I just don't think it helps them with their, um, their tennis, because, you know, the first set could be gone before you, uh, before you get warmed up, so, you, know, you get to 3 all, and then all of a sudden, you're by tiebreak, no real, yeah, it's, it doesn't really relate to the, to the main tournament, but it seems to, you know, they seem to keep going with it, so we'll see what happens, um. I think it would be better, more beneficial if they played five-set matches, you know, like a normal tournament, just to get these guys some uh, some five-set, like maybe even like a yeah, like a Davis Cup would do that. You know, like they play five-set matches just to get these guys some experience for five setters um, against each other as well. So I don't think, I don't know why they do the fast four, but they're going to do it until they um, it'll be forever. So <laughs> we can't complain about it. Right, let's have a look at the second group. So Alex Diminar is number one in that group. He finished number 31 in the world. Uh, Rublev is number 68 in the world. Taylor Fritz, number 47. And then Karouan Karouana, he finished number 622 in the world. Um, I think maybe he just came in at the last minute. I think he's from Italy, so he he probably just lives there. Yeah, so he's come in as a replacement for Shapovalov, so yeah, I don't know if there was maybe another player in the top that top, you know, maybe in the top 100 that was under 21, but uh, they brought him in anyway, so that'll be interesting to see. There's been a a couple of head-to-head matches between these guys already, so Rublev and Diminar have played each other before, Diminar winning that match, Fritz and Rublev have played before, Fritz won that match, so there's a little bit of um, head-to-head history with these guys. I think that Diminar and Fritz—they're the two top guys. I think that's going to be a really good matchup. With Fritz getting to a couple of, or getting to a quarterfinal a couple of weeks ago. Um, I don't know how he did last week. Maybe um, he didn't win the first match he played. Um, but yeah, and then Diminar having a bunch of good results this year. So I think that'll be—they'll probably finish one and two in this group. Uh, Rublev though, he could—you know—he could. You know, he could upset uh, upset one of those guys and take the spot, but I think Fritz and Dimana will be the ones who get through. And um, they've never played before, so that'd be interesting to watch them uh, play against each other. Uh, and as you can see there, I've just predicted everyone who is in the top of betting as well, so that's no surprise. Um, okay, so let me... Yeah, you can't really go past Sid surpass I think Sid surpass is going to win the whole thing. Um, with this format, it's going to make it tough because it's not a it's not a um, traditional tournament. So that's where you can have a lot of upsets. Which again, this is why I think it's not really a good format because it's you know, it's just not it, it's not real. It doesn't really feel like it can. You know, if you're, you're playing a half a set, it doesn't really give a player a chance. The better player is not going to win some of the. You know, there'll be a lot more upsets. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what uh, Sitsipas can do. I think if Sitsipas versus Fritz or um, Diminar in the final, that'll be interesting to see. Um, group B is definitely a tougher group. Uh, besides the, the player who came in at the last minute, it's definitely a closer group. We've got 31, 47, and 68 playing. So they're really uh, much closer, whereas Sitsipas is mild, ahead of TFO, who's second in the group A. So I think that uh, group B is definitely a lot more competitive, um, and I think pass would be a shock if he didn't win his group um, and then also get to the final. Um, but then again, we don't know if um, there could be injuries. It always upsets. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, we'll see. And like I said, I'll probably keep up to date with the tournament. I'm not going to do any live streams just because the time zones, and I don't really think it's... Um, uh, like, it doesn't really interest me as much, so I'm not going to do any live streams. I'm going to save all the live streams for London um, next week. So, but I will keep up to date with the tournament just to just to uh, see what the results are. Um, I think my prediction, okay, my prediction is going to be, I think it'll be Sitsipas versus Fritz in the final. Uh, actually, no, I'm going to say Sitsipas versus Rublev in the final. I think Sitsipas wins. Uh, but, yeah, I think that the semifinals, I think maybe TFO will be runner-up and he'll play against Diminar and then Diminar uh, and then beat Diminar. No, no, then- Does that work? No, that doesn't work. Sorry, he'll play Rublev in the semifinal and then Fritz. Uh, sorry, Sitsapas will play Diminar. Does that work? Yeah. So I think... Sitsipas finishes first in Group A. He'll play the runner-up of Group B, which is going to be Diminar. They'll play in the semifinals. Sitsipas wins, gets to the final. Then I think TFO versus Rublev, who Rublev will finish top of Group B. TFO will be runner-up, and then Rublev will get to the final, and then I think Sitsipas beats Rublev. Yep, That's what's going to happen. That's what I reckon will happen. Um, which is, yeah. I mean, Fritz, is, uh, as you can see in the betting here, Fritz is the only player... Uh, he's equals fourth favourite. So, I mean, Fritz and Rublev, interchangeable. But I think Rublev will finish top of the group. Um, yeah, because I don't think he's had as long a season as the other guys. And he's also played against both of those guys. He's played against Dimitrov and and, and uh, Fritz. So he's, he knows how... He's already got the history against those guys. So maybe he can bring in a different game plan and beat them. Whereas TFO and Dim and I have never played, oh, sorry, Fritz and, T- Fritz and Dim and I have never played each other. Um, so they're going in with no real experience of what's going on. Um, and then, yeah, Rublev versus Tsitsipas in the final. Tsitsipas wins. No surprise there. Um, he's had the best year out of everyone of that group. All right, let's have a look. All right. So yeah, so that is what's happening this week. So this week is a pretty short, you know, only one tournament going on, and then we've got London. So uh wrapping the season up. Uh starting, I think then the first tournament of our first first tournaments of next year is I think they start in on the thirty first of December. Um so then we we're gonna be doing this weekly um, there'll be more tournaments to cover. There'll be longer podcasts. There'll be more things to talk about. Um, we're kind of a little bit uh, restricted towards this time of the year because there's not much to talk about uh, besides injuries and results. Um, but we—it's um, a full review of Paris, and we've talked about it in the, in our next gen. So I think that's going to be it for now. So if anyone's got any questions, write them down in the comments below. Um, also, make sure that you subscribe to the channel because we're going to be doing a lot of live streams for London. Also, next week uh, for next week's podcast, I'll be doing um, a big wrap up of the results in uh, Milan for the next gen, and then I'll be doing a big preview of what's going to happen in London. There's going to be a lot more to talk about with London because of uh, the head to head records are going to be a lot more interesting. You know, if you have like team versus Verev, Federer versus Djokovic, like there's going to be a lot more to talk about and a lot harder to predict, so um, probably be a bit longer next week with the podcast, but we'll see how it goes with the next gen tournament, Um, I'll keep you guys up to date as the week goes on, maybe I'll do like a weekly update before the semi-finals, just to do like a little bit of an extra video for the week, Um, but yeah, make sure that uh, make sure you subscribe, make sure you like the video, all that kind of stuff Uh, I'll see you guys next week uh, for Tennis Talk So thanks for watching guys, and uh, I'll see you next week.